the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Amen. And we said that spiritual exercises are critical because they help us to stay spiritually fit. Somebody say, how fit are you? you? Ask your neighbor, "How how fit are you? And you need to be fit because we are at war. Somebody say, we are at war. Yeah, you need to be fit because we are at war. You need to be strong. The Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't be weak. Be strong. You are in Christ, but be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the evil day. And because you never know when the, the words of a devil or when the evil day will appear, you will have to stay strong. So spiritual exercise offers us three great benefits. Number one, they make us strong. And then number two, it helps you to live in victory. Victory is yours in Christ. Somebody say, victory is mine in Christ. Say, victory is mine in Christ. Yeah, so it's yours to enforce, it's yours to retain. You don't have to lose your victory. And if you must stay in victory, you need to stay on course, you need to stay fit. And then, of course, it makes you fruitful. And we've been looking at about 16 uncommon habits of highly effective Christians. Somebody say 16 uncommon habits. 16 uncommon of highly effective Christians. It was Stephen Covey who wrote a book about uh, habits of highly effective people. We are not looking at habits of highly effective people. We are looking at habits of highly effective Christians. You can be highly effective as a person, but highly not highly effective as a Christian. If you must be highly effective as a Christian, there are habits you must cultivate. The first one we looked at is the habit of prayer. Somebody say the habit of prayer. Say the habit of prayer. Prayer must not be an occasional thing. Prayer must be your lifestyle. The Bible says, and he gave a parable to this end that men ought to always pray and not to faint. Somebody say, I have a duty. I have a responsibility. I have a calling to pray at all times. Now, tonight, I'm just following in the same light the second habit, and it's a habit of studying and meditating on the word of God. Somebody say, studying and meditating on the word of God. 
give me the book of Psalm, Psalm 1, verse 1. The Bible says, Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Psalm 1, verse 1, the King James Version. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of his God. And in his law, he meditates day and that's where the habit comes in. Anything you do repetitively, it's a habit. You do it day and night. Again and again, we are told in scripture to meditate on the word day and night. That he meditates in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make your way prosperous and thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8, he said, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. But thou shalt meditate day and night. Somebody say day and night. Day and night. Say day and night. Day and night. It's not a habit until it's, there's, there's repetition associated with it. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. One of the things you need to understand is that these are not things you do to win the love of God. Sometimes when we are not able to do some of these things and do them habitually, we feel that God is angry with us or Satan used that to play on our minds a lot. And sometimes he keeps us from getting back on track. Praise God. No, your reading your Bible doesn't make God love you more or less. Praise God. But it helps to enrich your relationship with God. Praise God. So if you do it uh, this week and uh, one month and you are not able to do it, maybe for a certain week, go back to it. Praise God. Don't allow Satan to beat you down with guilt and make you feel like, no, God must be angry with you. He's not angry with you. Praise the Lord. He's not angry with you. That's why we are studying the book of Ephesians. There is no wrath of God awaiting the believer. Praise God. So, the habit of studying and meditating on God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18 to 19. He said, therefore, you should lay up these words of mine. Somebody say, lay them up. Lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand. The things your hand touches must be influenced by the word of God. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. They shall guide what you see. Then he says, you shall teach them, go back to verse you shall teach them to your children, speaking to them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Can you see the instruction? It means that the word must uh, be, in, be involved in every area of your life. When you lie down, the word must be there. When you wake up, the word must be there. Praise God. You are walking, you, you must become a walking word. May you become a walking word. Now, you must understand that God's word means so much to him that Jesus is called the word of God. Praise God. That's the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God himself is called the word. Praise God. That's how important the word is. And the Bible says you must meditate on it day and night. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 12 to 16. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word. Somebody say in word. in word. Be an example in word, 
in conversation, in charity, in faith, in spirit, in purity, till I come. Somebody say, till I come. Every time I read this one, the, till I come, I read it as till he returns the second time. Till I come. Give attendance. Some modern translations say give attention. Pay attention. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine that is teaching. He says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate. Somebody say meditate. meditate. Say meditate. meditate. After this series, I'll maybe find some time and actually teach on meditation. But meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting. Somebody say thy profiting. May appear to may appear to from this week onwards, your profiting will appear unto all. See, there is a certain profit that comes when you give yourself to reading, to exhortation, and to meditation upon the word of God. There's a certain profit. There's, there's a certain profit. It, 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 it is yours for the taking once you engage in the exercise. Praise the Lord. Look at uh, Psalm 19 with me and let's, let's see how powerful some of these prophets come out in Psalm 19. Psalm 19 verse 7. Oh, Kaliba Hando Kosegebe Dabahan. He's talking about the word. He said the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is so making wise the simple. Verse 8. He says, The status of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9, he said, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Verse 10, he said, More to be desired. May your desire be for the word of God. He said, More to be desired are they than gold. Yeah, that fine gold, much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Praise God. That is the psalmist talking about the word. Sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. May the word of God be sweet to you like that. May the word of God bring excitement to you like that. He said, it's much finer than gold and it's sweeter than honey. But verse 11, he said, verse 11, moreover by them thy servant is what? And in keeping of them there's what? There's little reward. There's some reward. There are few rewards. There's great reward. May the great rewards that attend to attention to the word follow your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, studying God's word brings great rewards. Studying God's word. It brings great returns. Highly profitable. That's what the Bible says. Bodily exercise profit a little. But godliness, exercises that are godly, they bring profit that goes beyond the natural. If you must live a meaningful life and enjoy good success in your life, God's word must be part and parcel of your life. God's word is the manual for successful living. Praise God. If you must experience all-round success, you must open up to all-round word. Embrace the word of God in every area of your life. There is no book that empowers a person to succeed all-round like the word of God. 
Everything you read helps you understand certain things. But when you read the word of God, it talks about marriage, it talks about your health, it talks about your finances, it talks about every area of your life. In keeping of them, there is great reward. You shall experience the great rewards. Why study God's word habitually? Let me walk you through quickly. Why study God's word habitually? Number one is because it's food. Somebody says it's food. How many of us don't eat by habit? We eat by habit. We all eat habitually. Everybody. God's word is food. And as food, we must, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, Matthew 4, 4, but by every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds, every word, the translation, the original meaning means that every word that is coming forth from the mouth of God is proceeding. Not that it proceeded and it ended, no. It's still proceeding from the mouth of God because God is always speaking. Praise God. Jeremiah 15, 16, he said, your words were found and I did eat them. Somebody say, your words were found. Your words were found. I found your word and I ate them up. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart. Job 23, verse 12, he said, neither have I gone back from his commandment. I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. 1 Peter 2.2, 2, he said, Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That is the word of God there. God's word is food. And as food, we need to feed on it. If you must grow healthy spiritually, you must feed. Praise God. You must feed. And you must feed in a balanced way. There are some people, the word must come in only in a certain way for them to receive it. But you must learn to receive the comprehensive word of God. The Bible said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. Somebody say profitable. profitable. He, he said all scripture is profitable for doctrine. You should be able to uh, uh, receive teaching, doctrine from the word of God. It's profitable for doctrine. For reproof, you should be able to receive the word that reproves you or corrects you. You should be able to receive the word that equips you. He said, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. I see you walking in perfection. Shout a believing amen. Amen. God's word is food, and it's not just food, it's also water. He said in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, that he might sanctify them by the washing of water by the word. So the word does not just feed you, it also satisfies your soul. Praise God. So when you feed, the more you feed on the word of God, that's why every time you hear the word of God, your soul is refreshed. If you were feeling depressed before, as a word of faith, as a word of hope comes alive, you see that depression is leaving you. Praise the Lord. Number two, continuous feeding on the word grows your faith for triumph, triumphant Christian living. That's why habitually you must habitual feeding on the word grows your faith. Somebody say grows my faith. Say grows my faith. Now you must understand that every living thing grows and faith is a living force. Somebody say faith is a living force. Four, three times in scripture the Bible talks about I think it's actually three 
I think it's four times in scripture. The Bible said the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, the just shall live by faith. And then Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 or 39, he said the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall not be upright in him. It's a living force. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. He says, the life I now live, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live. He said, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. So faith is a living force. It's something you live by, you live with. And if you are going to live by faith, you need to make sure that you are feeding it continuously. Praise God. You have to feed your faith continuously. Second Thessalonians 1.3. He said, we are bound to thank God always for you. Brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. May your faith grow exceedingly. Amen. May your faith grow exceedingly. Amen. How else will your faith grow exceedingly? By opening up continuously to the word. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing the word of God. It comes by hearing and it sustains. It increases as you continue to hear. Your faith will not grow, will not grow uh, weary again. Your faith shall be strong. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number three, it transforms your life by transforming your mentality. God's word transforms your life. And the way he does it is in your mentality. Somebody say my mentality. Say my mentality. All of us were born with certain mentalities. There is an Asante or Ashanti mindset. There is a Frafra mindset. There is an Aigbe mindset. Praise God. And the moment you get born again, one of the things, sometimes it's sad. Our spirits are born again, but a lot of people, we are holding on to our old mindset. The old mindset. The old mindset. And thank God, Ephesians will address it for us. Because when you are saved and you retain the old mindset, your life will not be different from the one who is not saved. Your mindset must go. He said that you put on after the new mind. Put on a new mind. After, which is renewed after Christ. We'll talk about that in Ephesians chapter 4. So, my mentality. Somebody say my mentality. Now, your life will never change until your mindset changes. Praise God. And many things that will seek to influence your mind, your own upbringing, what you saw from your childhood, the people you are exposed to, the, the environment you grew up in, all of these come to shape your mind. And when you get born again, continuous exposure to the word of God is what transforms your mind. The Bible says in the book of Romans, he says Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 he said, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, if you look at the scripture, you see that he didn't talk about your spirit there because your spirit is not involved. Praise God. Anything a Christian does, good or bad, the places that are controlling him is the body and the mind. Praise God. Your spirit is pure. There is no Christian whose spirit likes to insult, likes to steal, likes to cheat, likes to... No, 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 no. It's not your spirit. There are two places that are, uh, are responsible for that. Your mind and your body. 
Praise God. Your mind and your body. Your mind. Wherever your mind, whichever, when your mind is rude, wrongly, your life will go in a wrong direction. That's what the Bible says. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. And listen, if you look at this, he called us to do two things God will never do for anybody. What God would do for you, he has done. He has saved, sanctified your spirit. Perfect. Your spirit is as perfect as Jesus' spirit. Praise God. Yeah. When God looks at your spirit, you are not less, you are not any less like Christ. He sees Christ's perfection in your spirit. I beseech you therefore, somebody say I beseech you therefore, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, you present it as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When, when does transformation begin? When your mind is renewed. Praise God. When your mind is renewed. When your mind is renewed. That's why after a person is saved, one of the places he must make sure that he constantly invests time and energy is in the renewal of your mind. Praise God. Satan doesn't even worry you much. If you pray but you have a wrong mentality. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind must renew. Your mind must renew. Your mind must come into alignment. Renewal of your mind says that your mind must come into a place where it says yes to what God's, God's word says yes to. Do this, and that's what you do. That is a mind that is in alignment. We all with open face beholding us in a glass. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Somebody say, my mind is changing. If you don't like your mindset, all the time you have mindset of failure, mindset of uh, defeat, mindset of uncertainty, mindset that is full of fear, death, all kinds of things. it's, It's a mindset you need to deal with it. Praise God. You have to reset your mind. And you reset your mind by exposing your mind constantly and continuously to the word of God. Praise God. Anytime a thought flashes through your mind, you quickly want to edit and vet that thought. Is it in line with God's word? If it is not, you cast it out. Praise God. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So, he's actually giving you a, a yardstick, a measuring instrument for measuring your thoughts. The thought you retain, the thought you cast out. You remember what the Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare. I think 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. He says, for the weapons of our offer are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's where, you see, real warfare, the spiritual warfare is here. Somebody says, here. Yeah. If you win it here, you have won it. It's not uh, in holding uh, a knife and killing somebody on a park somewhere. No. Die by fire. It doesn't, the person will not die. Your mindset must go. Praise God. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Can you give me that text, please? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. You need to see that because most of the time we get confused about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Look at that. 
For though we walk in the flesh. Somebody say, we walk in the flesh. We do not walk after the flesh. We do not walk after the flesh. So when you see someone who has carried a, a blantan, <laughs> they have carried a gun. I saw a poster some time back, and there was a, a gun with blood on it. The moment you see anything like that, no, our warfare is not after the flesh. We walk after the flesh. We do not walk after the flesh. You won't meet Satan anywhere to throw stones at him. We do not war after the flesh. That's, it's, it, it's so clear. Sometimes it's, it's amazing how people can allow themselves to be deceived. We do not war after the flesh. Simple. You, you, don't, you don't pick up fight in the flesh. You don't pick up fight. We do not war after the, For the weapons of our warfare, they are not cannon. They are not. Somebody say they are not. They are not cannon. They are not cannon. Verse 4. But they are mighty. Ayagah. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. Oh. <laughs> are they there or they've gone on break? Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Casting down. Verse 5. Casting down. Can you see imaginations? Yeah. Can you see imaginations? Yeah. Casting down imagine. That's where Satan is. Do you know where suicide begins? Here. Suicide begins here. Failure begins here. Success begins between your two years. Praise God. Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. Depression, where does it start from? Not when you failed, you know. Not when the lady said, I will not marry you again. No, 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 no. It began. When Satan sat you down and began to interpret what the lady told you, to you, in between your two ears. Praise the Lord. She said, I will marry you again. Then you went home, you sat down, and Satan began to tell you. You see? When you were in JHS, your teacher rejected you. SHS, they rejected you. (laughs) <laughs> the rejection is following you. Can you see? Trace your life. Trace it closely. This must be an ancestral case. That's Satan. He interprets it to you. By the time you realize, <laughs> that's imagination. Somebody say imaginations. Imagination. And every height that exalt is against the knowledge of God. So if it's inconsistent with the knowledge of God, cast it down. He said, bring it. Somebody say, bring it. You know what you do with negative thoughts? You bring them into captivity. You arrest them. You arrest them, bringing it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Praise God. I'm in Christ. What does this thought mean in Christ? Number three helps you to develop a richer relationship with God. Somebody say a richer relationship with God. Now, God wants you to have solid relationship with him. The Bible said, so is he who laid up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You have to be rich toward God. Somebody say rich toward God. Say rich toward God. Yeah. And riches toward God is just like you cannot become rich in the natural without investment. You can also become uh, rich in the spiritual without investment. Somebody say investment. You have to invest. 
Invest time. Time. Time in studying the word of God. You see, you don't have to read the Bible always to understand it. Just read it. Praise God. Yeah. Just read it. Read it. You see, the right word will come handy one day when you need it. Read it. Read it. Thank God for those who pick up the Bible and every time they have revelations. Sometimes you pick up the Bible and it's dry. You don't see anything. You are just reading it. Praise the Lord. I'm a pastor. Sometimes I just read, 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 and it goes. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. But you see, <laughs> you are exposing your mind. You are robbing your mind. The Bible says, for your thoughts are not like my thoughts, neither are your ways like my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. You know, somebody may be smoking around you. You are not smoking. But they call it some, they call it passive smoking. Well, you are not doing the smoking, but you are inhaling it because somebody is smoking it around you. When you rub your mind with God, you may not catch any revelation at that moment, but something is being transferred. Praise God. Something is supernaturally being transferred. And at the time you need it most, I'm sure that Jesus was reading the word, reading the word, reading the word. <laughs> One day when he was hungry, Satan said, and he was fasting, Satan said, turn this stone into bread. <laughs> turn this stone into bread. His mind began to wander. Then he, he, he was taken to uh, Deuteronomy. Man shall not live by bread alone. It came. The moment it came, no, no. Then Jesus shook himself. No. I, I'm sure he almost picked the bread to eat. <laughs> yeah. He almost picked the bread to eat. As his hand was going, 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 then it came. Man shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> he may have even picked it. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by everywhere. No, no. Then he dropped it. Praise the Lord. It came. The moment he came, he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. What was happening was hunger, but what was written is that man shall not live by bread alone. And what was written is always superior to what is happening. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may be having some funny feelings in your body, but it is written, he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him, and by his stripes you were healed. That is what is written. Praise God. Hallelujah. So no matter what is happening, enforce what is written. Praise God. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 14. If you are going to develop a rich relationship, uh, the reason why this must become your habit is because almost every year, I meet people who, as part of their goals for the year, they want to have a, a certain intimate relationship with God. And sometimes they make it look like it, it, it happens by accident or osmosis. Praise God. But I know from my own life, sometimes I just thank God for how God deals with me as a person. Because sometimes when I hear some preachers and how they talk and how God deals with them, it's very fantastic. And God doesn't deal with me like that. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a, a supernatural memory of the scriptures. All the scriptures that I have here, I chewed and kept them. Praise God. Yeah. 
chewed and kept them. There are some people they have supernatural memory. It just comes like that. Praise God. Look at John 14, verse 21 to 24. He said, He that had my words, somebody say, He that had my words, and keepeth them. Look at that. He it is that loveth me, and he that loved me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest ourselves unto him. Judah said unto him, Not a scarlet, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not to unto the world? Jesus said, and I said, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and will come unto him and make our abode in him. What I want you to take note of is that he that had my words, praise God, you can't keep the word until you have it. The first step, too, is to have the word. Somebody say, have it. Have it. Have it. When you read the Bible habitually, oh, the Bible, you will have it, and the Bible will have you. Praise God. You may not be able to quote some, but almost every time you will see that the Holy Spirit will connect you to a certain phrase. There are phrases and single, single statement that will register in your spirit and they will always come handy when you need it. Praise God. You go to the office, your boss has said some things that really have stirred you up and you really want to give it to him. Then while you are meditating on your mind how to construct your words and come back at him, the Holy Spirit just drops it. Be angry. But say not. Praise God. You may not know where it is in verse and chapter, but at that moment, that word will stop you. Praise God. Yeah, Because if you really think about the things you are about to say, when you say them, it will be more than sin. It will be iniquity. <laughs> The moment you begin to speak, you will not speak sin. You will speak iniquity. <laughs> Number five. Makes you wise. Somebody say makes you wise. You want to come across as wise and smart, please <laughs> pay attention to the word of God. Pay attention to the word of God. Pay attention to the word of God. The Bible says know it. Somebody say know it. I like it, 2 Timothy 3.15. It said, and from the child that was known the Holy Scriptures. Know it. The knowledge of the Scriptures makes a person wise. The knowledge of the Scriptures. The knowledge of the Scriptures. The knowledge of it. Because once you know it and you begin to apply them, people will be asking, ah, but you, how old are you? It's not about how old you are. There is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. The inspiration that wrote the scriptures, when that inspiration comes upon you and it opens your understanding of the scriptures, that's how people will see you. David said, oh, how I love thy Lord. Psalm 119 verse 97 to 98. It is my meditation all day. He said, thou through thy commandment has made me wiser. Foolishness will not have a place in your life again. You'll be making wise decisions. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible said in Psalm 19 verse 7. said the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. Making wise the simple. God's word makes wise. Somebody say God's word makes wise. wise. Number six. It builds you up spiritually. God's word builds you up spiritually. It builds you up. Acts chapter 20, verse 32, he said, And I commend you to God. 20, 32, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Somebody say, build you up. Build. Say, build you up. Build. That is it. The exercise in the word builds you up. 
it builds you up. When challenges come, you are built up. Disappointment comes, you are built up. Offenses come, you are built up. Receive a building up. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number seven, helps you to know and discern God's voice. Helps you. There are people who are like, God never speaks to me. Well, he has already spoken. If you learn to hear his voice from the written word, he will, you will hear the voice of a spirit. Because when God speaks to you, <laughs> and you don't know the written word, <laughs> it will bring confusion like the way the children of Israel said, don't speak to us. <laughs> don't speak to us again. Tell God not to speak to us. Go and hear God and come and tell us. And there are a lot of believers who have uh, handed over the ability to hear God to other people. Others must hear God and tell them, no, God wants to speak to you directly. Praise God. There are certain romantic words that cannot be transmitted. You have to speak them directly. Praise God. Directly. Directly. Reporter speech sometimes can be corrupted. Am I communicating here? And uh, a number of us, people corrupt God to us. When the word of God comes to you, when you receive, in the, 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 the Holy Spirit spoke something to me. How will you know that this is the Holy Spirit? It, it is ascertained through the word of God. Look at what the Bible says. Isaiah 30 verse 21, he said, Your ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way walking it. Your ears shall hear a word. When your ears hear a word, you need to be able to assess the word because it's not every word that is a word from God. Praise God. Sometimes it can even be coming from a so-called prophet or a man of God. It's not every word that is a word from God. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 10 to 11. He said there are, there are, it may be many voices. He said verse, verse 10 please. There are, it may be so many kinds of voices. Somebody say so many kinds of voices. Yeah. I'll come and teach on hearing the voice of God. But you see, so many kinds of voices. There's a voice of your mind. There's a voice of your body. There's a voice of your flesh. There's a voice of your emotions. There's a voice from other people. Confusion. There are so many kinds of voices. And the Bible says that none of them is without signification. Every voice has a, a certain particular way is directing you. Praise God. That's why you need to be very careful the voice you are following. Every voice. Then he says, therefore, if I know not the meaning of a voice. So you need to know the meaning of a voice. Somebody say voices have meanings. Voice yeah. Voices have meanings. You are there. Certain, something is telling you life is not worth it. It's not, it's not, a, it's not worth living. I think it's too late. If you look at your age where you are now, it's too late now. You can end it all. And that's all. Praise the Lord. That's a voice. It's communicating something. If you know not the meaning of a voice, you shall be, speak, uh, shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. He that speaketh shall be unto you a barbarian. You're speaking in the context of tongues. But it tells you that voices have meanings. And if you'll be able to interpret a voice, there are people who have dreams and they can interpret it well. You, you, you do that with the scriptures. Praise God. Yeah. I have a dream. Uh, you have a dream and you see yourself in a casket. When you wake up, first of all, ask yourself, how old am I? Yeah. That's
first, the first question, how old am I? Because the last time I checked, he said there's a more sure word of prophecy. That sure word of prophecy said, with long life, he will satisfy me. And he will show me my salvation. How old am I? Praise God. Number two, have I finished my assignment? Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my, have I finished my course? When did I start my fight to finish? Praise the Lord. By the time you interpret and connect it with scripture like this, there's seven days of fasting. You will not do it. And still your spirit will be free. Because what is actually pushing you to declare five days of fasting is fear. Fear of death. And when you embark on fasting and miss fear like that, it's a waste of time. Praise the Lord. You don't take care. You finish the fast more confused. Number 10. Number 10. Eight. <laughs> Empowers you to overcome temptation and sin. Somebody say temptation and sin. If you are going to overcome temptation and sin, the word must be in you. Somebody say the word must be in you. Psalm 119 verse 9, it says, Where shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 11, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. As for temptation, it comes to all. Somebody say it comes to all. It was Metwego's wet. He said, if you are not wet being tempted by the devil, you are not wet anything. Praise God. Temptation comes to all. And there's a way of escape for all. Somebody said there's a way of escape for all. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. He said, There had no temptation taken you except that which is common unto common unto. It tells you that it's common. But God is what? Faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that? So even your temptable is, temptation is according to your size. Somebody says according to your size. Yeah, God is a good God. According to your size. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. He knows that the threshold, if you get there, you will fall. And he will make sure that it's not there. Praise God. So that when you fall, it's because you have chosen to fall. Praise God. So number one, he will make sure that it is not above you. Somebody says it's not above you. Number two, even if it is above you, he will make a way of escape. Somebody say a way of escape. Joseph, it was not above him. But when it began to over him, God gave him a way way of escape. Praise God. That day he didn't have a boil, so he could run. That was a way of escape. Can you imagine the day the the woman pounced on him and he had a boil under his foot? (laughs) He would have been killed. Praise the Lord. Jesus, when he was tempted, we saw how he overcame it. It is written. Every one of those occasions, it is written. It is written. It just shows you the power of a word in overcoming temptations. Praise God. When Satan is tempting you, he always makes you see the nicer part of it. The pleasure part of it. Praise God. The pleasure part. It's fun. It's exciting. Sin is exciting. No, no, no. It's exciting. If you have seen well before, you know it's exciting. 
<laughs> Praise God. Now, even if you have never sinned before, just believe what the word of God says. He said the pleasures of sin for a season. So sin brings you pleasure for a season. Praise God. That's what the Bible says. That Moses uh, chose following God over the pleasures of sin for a season. Number nine. nine. Give me a few, a few more minutes. I'll be done. Number nine. It protects you against deception. Somebody say deception. deception. Say deception. deception. You have to know the word of God because it protects you against deception. In the last days, there will be a lot of, there's a wave of deception that is going on. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and our knowledge of God's Son, that we will be matured in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Look at this. Then we will no longer, somebody say, we will no longer. We will no longer be like children who are tossed. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. Okay? We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever they sound like the truth. That's deception. Praise God. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Look at that. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Praise God. Deception. How did uh, Satan take advantage of Adam? Deception. God said you will die. He said you shall not surely die. <laughs> you shall not surely die. <laughs> Number nine. Ten. Matures you spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Listen. God's word matures you. Good. Thank you. It matures you spiritually and emotionally. They call something emotional intelligence. Listen. There's nothing like emotional intelligence. You need scriptural intelligence. Scriptural intelligence. Yeah. Where you examine your, your thought and your feelings in the light of scripture. The word of God matures you emotionally, mentally. Jesus was very small. But the Bible said, when they heard him speak, they were surprised at his wisdom and understanding. They said, ah, this guy. Because he had been exposing himself to the word. Number 11. Broadens your knowledge of the scriptures. Studying God's word broadens your knowledge of the scriptures. And you need a broad knowledge of scripture. Somebody say broad knowledge of scripture. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's not lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's lack uh, insufficient knowledge. You have the knowledge, but it's not enough. If had knowledge, oh, but it was not enough. Yeah. The moment Satan came and attempted. The knowledge that he had was, she had was not enough. He said, God, God said, uh, you should not touch it. No, he said, you should, you should not eat it nor touch it. And that is uh, adulterated knowledge. Praise God. Finally, it equips you for impactful ministry. If you must fulfill your ministry, you need. And all of us have a ministry. Somebody say, I have a ministry. I have a ministry. Say, I have a ministry. I have a ministry. Yeah, you have a ministry. You have a ministry, and Easter camp will be here. We all have a ministry. We must fulfill our ministries, and to fulfill it, you need a word. Somebody say, I need a word. Say, I need a word. You need a word. You need a word. You need a word to be able to fulfill your ministry. Second Timothy 3, 15 to 17, I close. 
And that from a child that was known the holy one, holy one, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, he says, all scripture is given by what? And it's profitable for, 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 that who? That the man or woman of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy 2, 14 to 18, and then we'll close. He says, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about where to no profit, but to the subverting of their hearers. Verse 15. Study. Somebody say study. Why study? To show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Verse 16. He said, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase more unto ungodliness. Verse 17. He says, And their word will eat as dog or canker, and of whom is Hermenius and Philatus. Verse 18. Who concerning the truth have heard already, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Praise God. If you are going to fulfill your ministry and not overthrow the faith of some, you need to be well grounded. Praise God. You need to be well grounded. You need to be well grounded. Sometimes people bring issues to us and by the time we are trying to use our natural wisdom around it, we have messed the thing up. Somebody is hurt, he comes to speak to you and you don't have any scriptural reference. You see, <laughs> I tell you, if you meet such a person in church, praise God. But somebody comes to you like that, you say, Oh, brother, it is well. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Then you pick scripture. Bible says offenses are inevitable. The right from the beginning, offenses are common. It's, it's normal. But what you do with the offense is what is important. When you are offended, you have an opportunity to learn forgiveness. The Bible says we should forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. By the time you finish, the scale has left the brother's eye and everything is fine. Praise God. Other people too, their emotions and life experience. Life is said that if you want to live long, you have to learn to forgive. Where, where did you read that? Praise God. Where did you read that? Praise God. Have you been blessed tonight? All right. Let's lift up our hands and thank God and give him praise. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or Email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service.
and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.